Welcome to Subscribing to Wellness, the show where Rachel Newman and myself, Daniel Fairman, sit down with leading founders, executives, and investors committed to building a healthier future for consumers. Today on Subscribing to Wellness, we are joined by co-founder and CEO of Fishwife, Becca Milstein. Fishwife is a female-founded company aiming to make ethically sourced, premium, and delicious tinned seafood a staple in every cupboard. They source from responsibly managed fisheries and aquaculture farms to bring the vibrance of Spanish tin fish culture to the North American table. We dig deep with Becca about how fish is labeled at the grocery store, her original origin story, and much more. Becca, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Rachel. I am so happy to be here. Um. I am so excited to be chatting with you and there's so much that I want to dig into, but first, can you just give a quick introduction on who you are and where you come to us from? Yes. Um, My name is Becca Milstein. I am the co-founder and CEO of Fishwife um, and we're a tinned seafood company based here in LA, which is where I am at right now in my little office um, that I share with some other um, CPG food icons such as Fly by Jing and Acid League. Shout out to my office mates, um, but they're not here right now, which is good. So they don't have to listen to me blab. <laughs> um, love that. And so we've chatted before and I know the the inspiration and reason behind Tin Fish came kind of in an interesting way, one that I'm all of a fan of uh, and would love for you to kind of share with us how, why, why tin fish? What, what, where was the idea? What, what made you start this? Totally. So Fishwife is a a certified COVID baby. Um, I was living with my co-founder Caroline um, and we were, honestly, we were just eating a lot of tinned fish. Um, You know, it totally aligned with the way that people were consuming and purchasing food during COVID, which is to, you know, go to the grocery store as infrequently as possible and get, um, you know, shelf stable foods that were also healthy and nutritious, um, which there are not that many of, at least, you know, with the shelf life that, that tinned fish has. So anyway, we were just eating a lot of tinned fish. And I think I had also just seen in my in my peer group, um, a lot of people sort of like celebrating, I think people were just looking to make their home eating experience more interesting for obvious reasons. Um, so people were, you know, getting little cans of sardines and mussels and having their little charcuterie boards. And, you know, I think I'd subconsciously noticed that. And then I think just like culturally, um, you know, there were actors like Alison Roman and David Chang and Anthony Bourdain who had sort of long been espousing the benefits of tinned fish and also just like educating an American audience as to their like positioning in, in other in other nations and other culinary cultures. So that was like the backdrop. And then I would, I guess I would add the further backdrop is that I lived abroad in Spain when I was in college um, and, you know, had just seen those like gorgeous shops with rows and rows of colorful tins of fish, which is a very, I think, a common travel, you know, Mediterranean travel experience. Um, and had been very struck by that because obviously there's nothing that resembles that in the U.S. So then anyway, we were just quarantined together. And then I don't know which part of the idea, ideation process you were referencing, but I we were doing a, a certain amount of, you know, 
microdosing, um, which, you know, and I, I believe, uh, you know, a lot of people are, are becoming warm to the mind opening benefits of, of this activity and randomly bouncing back and forth business ideas and came to this idea, tinned seafood, uh, you know, a great brand, great sourcing, great product. Um, and like that day called, you know, 30 friends and was like, is this a crazy idea? And enough of them said no, that we started working on it the very next day. And then we just absolutely hustled our little tushies to get it out um, as quickly as possible. It's such an incredible story. Um, and I think like what I found most fascinating is I remember the first time we spoke I, and I, it didn't even make it, I didn't even realize it until we spoke that there's no real like hero seafood brand. Like mm -hmm. when I think of tin fish, I mean, the only thing I think of is like bumblebee tuna fish. But when you think of other products, you know, you think of like Hershey owning the chocolate bar space and you have these like Hellman's mayonnaise and you have these brands these iconic images for certain categories mm -hmm. and there's nothing for fish which I remember you telling me and it's stuck with me ever since and when I walked down aisles I'm like oh this 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 so what kind of like how are you guys changing the game and how are you trying to be that hero product I guess you could say yeah I mean I think when we originally came up with the idea we were obviously extremely focused on brand I mean brand Marketing is my own personal background. I mean, I worked in the, the music industry, so a bit of a far cry from seafood, but um, that was my own background. So that was the, the way that made sense for me to start approaching the space is just, okay, how can we reframe this category um, in a way that, you know, the, the American consumer that's already really excited about this will respond to. Um, but as we started to build the company, um, you know, and I started to learn about supply chain and, and what that word, what that phrase even means, because I don't think I really knew before. Um, I just started to, to build some supply chains that I think are really exciting. They're just, they're really short. They're from suppliers that, um, you know, maybe haven't been in the tinned fish space before. I think like our salmon supplier, Quarry Arctic, um, is a really great example of that. They're just this really amazing um, third generation salmon farm in the Arctic Circle off a small island in Norway. And they're just doing really innovative work in the aquaculture space, in the salmon aquaculture space. Um, and I think they're just, you know, their product had never been canned before. It's extremely delicious. We're able to buy off cuts of that product so we can get a, you know, get a price point that's still, I mean, it's still obviously are, is a premium product, um, but can be sold in, in a canned form. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think just the supply chaining, the supply chain building part, I did not understand how, um, I mean, how complex and how exciting. Yeah, I can't, um, I can't even imagine. And I want to dig into that. So, so you, you're mentioning these, these fisheries and talking with places, you know, in the UK and XYZ places. Can you walk us through process from like you talk to these you build relationships with like a fisherman in god knows where and then from them getting their fish to me eating a beautiful can of fish wife what is what is that like process look like oh my gosh well the reality is like every i think that is maybe one unique thing about canned seafood uh and the supply chains associated 
it's all very, very different. So like there will be some instances like right now, for the most part, we do um, actually for in, in for all of our products right now, we do the sourcing um, of the fish, whether it's from a wild fishery or a farm, and we connect that to the cannery that we're working with. And we work with, with a couple right now and we'll be working with more in the future. But there are also lots of canneries that source their own um, fish. Maybe they actually own fleets um, or they just have, you know, distributor relationships. So it's extremely case by case. Which so, is, do, so you, I'm assuming you are responsible for coordinating like shipping of the fish to your cannery for them to then get it and then preserve it in the way and like flavor it. And they're responsible for like the recipe that goes into the can that we get. And the cannery is also responsible for like the packaging. No. So we, okay. we are responsible for, I mean, at least for our products now, we source the fish, we get the fish to the cannery and we develop a recipe with our cannery. So we'll say, you know, yeah, we'll tell them what, what we'll lay out a whole schema of recipes we want them to develop. And it'll be, you know, the shortest, uh, the shortest R&D process we've had was for the fly by Jing salmon. And that's because I'd already developed the salmon recipe. And then we just had to put a little spoonful of fly by Jing in it. Amazing R&D process. The rest are quite, quite a bit longer because every different species of fish also has like extreme complexity about how it's best prepared and cooked, um, especially in a canned form where it ultimately, you know, will be cooked at an extremely high temperature. So yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot of nuance. So you mentioned, you know, some fisheries farmed versus wild. And I think at least me in my head, I always purchase wild fish. Like that is my go-to and I, you know, you read all about I don't even know. And um, but what what exactly is the difference between farmed versus wild and and what makes your product like and is sustainable, the overarching? Like explain to me kind of those verbiage. Yes. So unfortunately, and this is why I think you know, broadly people have not extremely sophisticated understandings of seafood, quote unquote, seafood sustainability um, is because it is so case by case and so nuanced. So it's really like trying to, uh, trying to draw a, a direct like comparison between farmed and wild or just trying to juxtapose them. Um, it's really not useful at all because there are wild fisheries that are not being responsibly managed. And there are farms that are doing everything, doing such incredible work to make sure that they are building sustainable um, seafood programs. So, so essentially I'll, I'll break it down and I like try to, I want to make it really straightforward. Um, but like it, it's totally the binary of farmed bad or farmed good, wild bad or good does not exist because there are farms, I mean, there, there are a couple like high level um, items to look at when you're assessing the sustainability of a farm. Um, so let's say like the, I mean, the, the fish in fish out, I wanna make this really simple. Um, okay, I am gonna zoom into farms for a second. Um, there's like the fish in fish out ratio and just the feed. So let's just say the feed is really important to look at because, that is where a lot of controversy can come in around the sustainability of a farm. 
because fish need some, or at least so far, I, this is changing and it will continue to change. But at this point, most fish feed does have some marine ingredients in it, whether it's actual like fish meal. So let's say it's like ground up feeder fish, um, which is where you can run into some, you know, some real not so great situations. Um, or it could be, you know, algae or kelp, or it can be, you know, um, the byproducts of, uh, or offcuts of fish. So, so all that it to summarize is you need the, you need the feed to be sustainable and make sure that you're not putting more wild fish in than are coming out of the farm. So a phrase that you will see a lot when you're digging into the sustainability of, um, of fish farms is the fish and fish out ratio. So the gold standard used to be one-to-one is like one wild fish to one, um, uh, to one farm fish. Um, that is, you know, they, obviously we're trying to improve upon that. I think the, the farm quarry Arctic that we're working with right now, I would want to double check this, but I'm pretty sure they have a 0.5 to one fish in fish out ratio. So we're getting more farm fish than wild fish. And in that case, to zoom further in, the fish or marine ingredients that are being used in that fish feed are fish trimmings from MSC certified fisheries. So, and I, and see, this is like, I'm, I appreciate you letting me go this deep in because I know it is very hard to follow. Um, but so when an MSC certified fishery, you know, an MSC certification is the highest, best respected wild fishery cert. Yeah, I think I see that at the store. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in that case, we have a responsibly managed fishery. And for this fish feed that they're using at Quare, um, they're using trimming. So it's like, you know, maybe it'll be fins or maybe it'll be, it's something that can't be, um, it would never be sold for human consumption maybe for for animal feed, but not human consumption. So anyway, that's- No, 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 that's, that's, that makes definitely more sense to even boil it down more or clear. I I guess like if I had to take a tidbit away, I'm Joe Schmo, average consumer that's going to the supermarket, wherever they're shopping, Whole Foods, you know, what should I be looking for? Mm -hmm in terms of the fish because like you know it has wild caught this farm mm. this wild like should i be only in a supermarket setting should i only be searching for wild or or how should i navigate that so yes unfortunately the farm to wild thing it for the for the most part and all like <laughs> i'm there's just so much nuance rachel i swear to god i wish i could make it super simple but i will try to do one thing i will say is um while not all sustainable seafood has an MSC or ASC cert, all seafood that does have an ASC or MSC cert, you can feel very confident about buying. Those are really stringent certifications. So if you do see um, those certifications on uh, the products you're buying, you can you can feel good about that. So if you want to bring it down to, and this is obviously why certifications exist, yeah. if you want to bring it to, down to, okay, I want it to be as simple as possible, like what is a guiding principle that can help me in a supermarket? You see MSC, you see ASC, you can feel good about buying that product. That, okay, that's good to know. Okay. That, that being said, it, those are not the only sustainable seafood products that exist out there. Um, 
And I know that further complicates it, but um, so yes, I would say those two certs are, if we're going easy, easy, look at those certs, American caught uh, wild fish is very sustainable. We have, you know, the, the fish, US fisheries are incredibly responsibly managed. So you can also feel good about buying, say, you know, wild Alaska seafood. Um, you know, that fishery is like a model of sustainability to the world and you can feel great about buying, you know, wild, wild um, Alaskan salmon, cod, haddock, et cetera. Um, so yes. So okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll pause, we'll pause there. We'll, so MSC certified wild for the most part, but it's wild for the most, if we're looking at, you know, super, super simple, wild from a u.s fishery um you can feel good about buying okay okay so fishwife you yes, guys yes. obviously stand out on the shelf your packaging is absolutely gorgeous fun bold bright poppy what's the deal with the competitive landscape i know we have scout out there we have a couple others you know there's like the kind of other upscale octopus brands and whatnot where how are you differentiating yourself and how are you seeing yourself in the competitive landscape? Totally. Um, well, I'm very, very fortunate um, to be one of those brands that has like a bestie relationship with their main competitor. Um, so, you know, me, Fishwife and Scout are like, we're, we're in it to win it together. I mean, I think we both fully understand that, you know, we're not looking to unseat each other in Anyway, we're looking to unseat the, you know, the big canned seafood incumbents um, and we fully need each other to premiumize the category. So, I mean, I think there are a couple differentiating points between us. I'm thinking about if Adam and Charlotte listen to this, I want to make sure they feel great. I mean, they, we, have... we can, we, we can, um, uh, I'll put, we can, how about we do differentiation amongst just like you guys, you and yeah. Scout versus what's already on the market? Let's yeah. let's do that. Totally. Well, yes. I mean, first of all, I will say between us and Scout, Scout has an amazing chef at the helm, Charlotte Langley. Um, so they've been much more recipe forward in their products, whereas we've just been pretty, just like trying to create like gold, gold standards of pretty simple smoked recipes. Um, so I think that that is definitely one point of differentiation, just, just going into that area. Um, and I think it's, it's worked out really great for both of us, those, those respective approaches. Um, but yes, between us and some of the incumbents, I think it's, you know, it's, uh, like it's transparent sourcing. Um, it's the quality of the product. Um, and yeah, our, our sourcing decisions generally, um, and yeah, and the quality and obviously those things are, are one and the same. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, if you like eat a can of fishwife salmon and then eat like a can of, I don't know, I won't call it any particular brands, but like, you know, one of the incumbents like canned salmon, there ain't going to be a question about what the differentiation is between those two products. Yeah. So I would say product quality, obviously positioning and transparency and, uh, uh, transparency of supply chain and just like where we're sourcing from specifically. Yeah. And your brand, I'll, I'll add that one to there because I think we've seen, I think like the European brands and foreign brands, um, you know, they have bright tins or they have more fun animated tins, but 
typically when you're walking through the grocery aisle and you see the tins, they're, they're not fun. It's like a ocean wave with like a sardine. It's like sardines or something yeah. like great. Okay. Wild planet. I know, I know what I'm getting, but yeah. there's nothing fun there. And I think in the consumer space, we're seeing it across the entire spectrum of food and Bev, like you need to bring that consumer in, in an interesting and fun way. And you guys are definitely doing that. Um, and I'm going to make everyone who's listening to this, go check out Fishwife, obviously. Um, I'm going to throw some questions your way for our rapid fire section Ooh. and no pressure, whatever comes to mind, just hit me, just hit me with what you got. Okay. I love it. I'm ready. All right. I know you went to school on the East coast. So East coast or West coast? Oh, West coast, hundred percent. I'm so over the East coast. <laughs> Happened for years. <laughs> Favorite place in LA. Oh my gosh. I'm, my apartment in Highland Park is my new oasis. Um, but also the LA river. I love the LA river. Ooh. Um, go-to consumer product right now that you're loving. Oh my gosh. Okay. Oh man. I really want to say the name of the brand. Cause I met these gals. Um, they make a black sesame. One sec. I need to share the name of this company. Um, oh no, I'm not gonna be able to find it quickly enough. There's this amazing black sesame paste, two young ladies who just started this company. And I do not know what the name of the company is, but is it sweet, savory. It's sweet. And it is so unbelievably delicious. Um, and these girls are just absolutely crushing it. Okay. I'm, you asked me your next question, but I'm going to find out the name of this thing. You should do a collab with Fishwife. I know. I'm trying to think about how we can, cause it's like, yeah, it's that's, obvious. That's hard. Um, so for our listeners, I want to give a little, um, insight. Becca has been holding a pair of chopsticks during this recording. And I have been dying to ask her why she's holding them but I'm going to get to a question of your favorite way to eat fishwife and I'm assuming the chopsticks have something to do with this and if they don't then I'm going to look like the idiot oh my gosh no it's because there's a Korean rice bowl restaurant um next to my office where I get like amazing ten dollar rice bowls and I think I didn't use these the other day but it's just a fidget I mean like I love it out somehow it's the best fidget but now to my actual question, what's your favorite fishwife product and what's your favorite way to eat it? Um, I would have to say, I mean, our, the fly by drink salmon is like so crazy good. It's like, I mean, there's just nothing else like it in the whole entire world. And I say that with, with confidence, not hyper, not hyper, hyper really. Um, it's just so tasty because our salmon is just like, it's so rich and like silky and just smoky it's smoky and a little sweet and then to have the like numbing szechuan um quality mixed into that and like soaking into the salmon it's just like unbelievably good um yeah I, someone recently told me it was maybe the best food they'd ever had it in their life which was like actually I'm, Whoa. yeah I was like this is very cool um but it's very freaking good um and you'll see it it's on the wall behind me but yeah I mean you just take that baby make some white rice pour the can on top of it put some sesame seeds on it some sheets of nori some avocado do the whole Emily Mariko thing and it's like it will knock your like don't go to a restaurant again it's so good um will knock your socks off 
I also did find the name of the the black sesame crunchy oh, butter company. It's called Rooted Fair. Ooh. And they're awesome. And everyone should check them out. These girls are absolutely slaying the game. Rooted Fair, everyone. Oh my God. I think I oh, I, I need I gotta um, get me some of this. Yeah, you gotta um, tasty. So we like to ask all of our guests how they subscribe to wellness. So what are some things that you do on an everyday basis or weekly basis that makes you the best version of yourself, be able to show up for family, friends and fishwife? Oh, running 100%. I don't know how how there are entrepreneurs who don't run. I'm like, or maybe um, like boxing, which I've never done, but I run a lot and um, it is so, it is the time that I come up with ideas. It's the time that I let out the inevitable rage that builds up as you build a business, which is like not a thing I realized would happen. But like, I think when you're running a business, you like, you have to deal with a lot of shit. You know, you also have to deal with a lot of beautiful, unbelievable gifts and it's way more incredible gifts than shit. But like, you get mad on like a semi-daily basis because of, you know, supply chain and like cost iron and inflation and whatever. So, you know, wellness is like, I mean, I meditate, I think through, you know, everything to do with the business, um, running, you got to run. It's amazing. I ran in college. I, I feel you. I know it. I got it. I believe it. What, 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 what changed? Yeah, it's, 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 um, it's such an important thing. And I think, you know, until you've felt that runner's high and what that like euphoric sense is. And I, I mean, I don't run a company, but I can only, I can't imagine, but I'll pretend to, but, um, yeah, that's, that makes so much sense. Um, and I have to ask this question, what, so, so you mentioned this amazing collab that you guys did with fly by Jing. Do you have a dream collab for the future or like something in your mind that, that you could see being really cool or interesting? Yeah. I mean, I think I want to do, I mean, we have two more collabs coming out this year, which I have learned is, is too much. It's too much product development, but it's happening. Um, but they're awesome. And they're with, there are three companies involved total that are all amazing in different ways. Um, I can't say what they are, obviously, but um, there's maybe some, some, yeah, I can't say anything. I shouldn't, I give too much away. No, but yeah, no telling. I but would say, some, oh, go ahead. But some exciting things down the pipeline. There's some really exciting things down the pipeline. Um, and then I think one day I would really like to do a, like a, a collaboration with a human, you know, like a food personality uh, yeah. rather than just a brand and have them devise a recipe. Um, I, that's definitely on the docket, but I have not, uh, locked it in yet. So stay posted. I'll keep brainstorming. Cool yes, please. please. So where can our listeners find Fishwife and learn more? Well, we did just launch a fresh faced website this morning. Woo-hoo! So I would highly recommend just going to our website, stocking up summer is one of the best times for tinned fish because you don't have to cook and God knows you don't want to. Um, so, I mean, I would say buy from our website, but we have a bunch of uh, a couple hundred like specialty stockists uh, across the country, um, Foxtrot, et cetera. Um, but yeah, 
go on our website. Our store locators are on there if you're looking for a local option. But yeah, I would I would order that. Ashes ASAP. Yeah, and that's the only place where you can get the fly by Jing right now. Um, we have not opened it up for wholesale, so if you want to try that little beauty, eatfishwife.com is the place to go. Thank you, Becca. I hope you have a great rest of your day. I did. This was really fun. I, I really put a pep in my step. <laughs> Thanks, everyone, for listening to today's episode. Feel free to rate, review, and share the podcast. And of course, don't forget to subscribe to Wellness. If you'd like to sponsor us, please see the supporter link in our podcast bio. We hope everyone has a great rest of week filled with wellness, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.